you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me over to the book of Matthew. The impact of one choice. You know, when you talk to the youth, when you talk to students, we talk about choices. When you talk to adults, we talk about choices because our choices have implications. Our choices matter. They influence, they impact, they change the course of history. The impact of one choice we read about it. I'm going to read all three accounts. I want to read all three accounts from Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 36. The Garden of Gethsemane. Guys, the, the impact of the choice that was made there in the garden is... There's no other place. Okay? I, I, I'll say it. You got the cross, but before the cross, there was the garden. Before the cross, Jesus went to the garden and he made a decision. And if he had not have made that decision, the path of history would have totally changed. What if he'd have walked in there and said, I ain't doing this? What if he'd have walked in there and said, Nope, got to be some other way. I'm not dying. They're nasty. They've spit on me. They pulled my beard. They're hateful. What if he'd have went any other way? What if he had not have submitted and surrendered to the perfect will of the Father? Impact of that choice, church, from it. I went back and watched. I, I preached there. I literally preached in the Garden of Gethsemane, right across the Kidron Valley, across from Jerusalem, down the Mount of Olives is there. You've got the Mount of Olives. Jesus regularly over and over. Look, look, and, and Judas knew it. Just listen. In John, don't turn, just listen to this. In John 18, 2, it says, Now Judas also, who was betraying him, knew the place, for Jesus had often met there with his disciples. Jesus regularly went to the Mount of Olives to slip away and to pray to the Father. Guys, it is, it is a most emotional, most moving place. It's, it's a place that I wish every Christian could step foot in before they die. I, I, I think it is. I think it's one of those places you, to be where Christ was, to see those trees that are, whether it was those literal trees, but those big old trees. They're like that big around. They're massive. They're dated back 2,000 years. Actual olive trees still producing olives dated back some 2,000 years. That puts them when Jesus knelt down. It fits the location. It fits the spot. It's across the Kidron Valley. It's on the Mount of Olives. There's 2,000-year-old trees. Why would one argue that that's not the place? Jesus regularly went up there and he regularly prayed. And it was there that this happened, reading the Matthew account. Then Jesus came with them, verse 26, to a place called Gethsemane. And said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, listen, church. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? 
Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Who did he say that to? He said it to the three, but he spoke it to Peter. And what do we know happens just moments even later? Judah comes. They take him off, and there at Caiaphas' house, while he's, while he's being tried, while he's being tortured, while he's being... All of that, those three girls look at Peter and says, Hey, you were one of them. No, I wasn't. Hey, you were with him. No, I wasn't. Hey, you were one of his. And he curses her even. And the rooster crows. Jesus says, Look, pray that you would have boldness. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, and he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Three times Jesus prayed to the Father, if there's any other way, do it. But if this it, not my will, but yours be done. Guys, if there's a place where love is defined, it's in the garden. If there's a place where compassion and mercy and peace and, and gentleness and, and surrender and, and all of that stuff, I argue that every bit of it gets its true definition from Jesus there in the garden praying to the Father and surrendering, knowing what is coming, knowing that, look, I am about to die for people that ultimately will reject me. He only died. Many, 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 many reject him regularly and die and enter the devil's hell. And yet he still loved them to the point of death. He said, look, even for them I'm willing to die for. Even for them I'm willing to go the distance. If there's some other way, let it be. But if not my will, not my will, but your will be done. Look over at, look over at Mark's account. Look at Mark. I told you this week to be reading the gospel. Some 30-something chapters of, if you want to just skip ahead, for those of you that paid me no attention Sunday, and you want to just skip ahead and read, read from when he entered Jerusalem on. You still got 30-something chapters to read. You should have started Sunday. But those of you that are catching up, still got 30-something chapters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that you got to read. In Mark chapter 14, in Mark 14, then came a place, verse 32. Then they came to the place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass by him. And notice the intimacy in his prayer here in verse 36. And he was saying, Abba, Father. I mean... Luke gives us the details in just a minute, but it was a passionate prayer. It was a prayer to where everything, it changed everything. It literally changed the course of history. I view it as an hourglass. Up until this prayer, up until this moment, you've got one point of the hourglass. Because listen, when he went past that, oh, it's on then. 
I mean, once he gets to the, when he get to the mission, remember, was through the cross. The garden was where the choice was made. The garden is where the surrender took place. The garden is where the hourglass gets to that point and to where every grain of sand has to go through one at a time. And that grain of sand, that choice, that moment, that decision, that act of obedience changed everything. He knew what was coming, but he still did it. He knew what was next, and he still went forward. He he knew it. And yet he says, not my will, but yours be done. Abba, Father, he cries out. I mean, he's, he's, he's basically saying, Daddy, Daddy, come on now. Is there some other way? Is there any other way? Is there any other path? Can, we, can I get a Cliff Notes version? Can I get a short? But here is is there any other way? But if there's not, not my will, but yours be done. And he was saying, Abba Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. You can do this, Daddy. You're God. It don't have to happen this way. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Did you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Is it, it is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Same, same of the ends over in Matthew. Get up. Let's be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. And I love I love Mark. I like Mark. I like reading Mark immediately, 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 immediately. Look at the very next verse. Immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas shows up. Turn with me over to the book of Luke. Dr. Luke, of course, Luke is going to give us a different view. He's going to give it more of a, he's going to give us details. He's going to give us, he's going to give us sort of from a physical, from a, from a personal, from a, from, he's a doctor. It's what doctors do. Luke 22, Luke 22, beginning in verse 39, and he came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. And when he had arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, and being in anguish, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Luke lets us see. Luke lets us see how intense it really was. Luke lets us see the what Mark tells us, Daddy. Luke lets us see. This 
question, guys, this decision Jesus knew had implications. If he went through with it, history went one way. If he went the other way, history would go a totally different story. But it wasn't his will. It wasn't his to write. He came as obedience. He came and we learned. I, I, I tell you, it all, love is defined in the garden. Because that's where, that's where it finally happens. That's where we finally see it. That's where we, we find, yes, on the cross, but, but there, in the, there in the garden, there sweating drops of blood for me and for you in agony. Sweating drops. It can happen. It can happen. That the body is in such tense agony that the body begins to, the, the pores. I don't even know it. I used to know it. I don't forget it. Just pops open and you start bleeding blood, sweating blood when you're under such intense. Jesus, there at that moment. And I go back and I can't help but to go back to then there stands me. He went that far from me. Then there stands me. And you. There stands you. Um, there stands the disciples. He told them three times, Peter, James, and John. He says, Peter, pray that you don't fall in temptation. He knew what was going to happen. He done told him three times you're going to deny me before the rooster cries. And he still said, Lord, if there's no other way, not my will be done, but yours be done. The impact of that one choice, church, eternity will tell. We can't wrap our hands around it. We can't wrap our minds around that love. We can't wrap our minds and our hearts around that level of surrender and obedience and that level of grace. To have seen a people who've already, he created man and woman and they failed. He created another group and they just got all messed up and he destroyed them and they just messed up. And it's like mess up after mess up after mess up. And he says, is there any other way? This is it. And he came out of, the, he came out of that and when you hear him, when you hear him, when you read it, and you read him. You read what he says before Pilate and before Annas and before Caiaphas and before all those people and you see that's not a that's not a whooped man. That's not a whooped man. That's a decided man who's on a mission. That's a man who says, look, you would have no authority at all if it were not given to you by my Father in heaven. I could have 12 legions of angels at my disposal just like that. I'm here by my own initiative, by my own authority. I can lay it down, and I'm going to pick it back up. The Roman guards, when they see what all happens when the, when the veil is rent and the, the bodies are coming out of the tombs and the sky is black, he says, truly, this was the Son of God. Because of that choice. That choice of obedience there on the cross has such implications for all humanity we read into it we learn from it we're to have the mind of Christ 
We're to have the mind of Christ. We're to love like Christ. Look how far he loved. We're to show mercy like Christ. Look how far he showed it. Look, we should show grace. Look how far. We should be compassionate. We should be long-suffering. We should be merciful. We should be all of that. And where do we get our definition? Guys, we we don't have to look further. Garden of Gethsemane, there under them olive trees where he regularly went off and he prayed. He sweat drops of blood knowing what was coming. But he still went through with it. He still went through with it. Guys, don't miss Jesus. Please don't miss him. And for those of you saying, all right, preacher, I got you. I ain't missing him. Well, don't be so scared of those around you that you won't look at them. At least one or two or ten or fifty between now and Sunday and say, Hey, you, where are you going to church Sunday? In a day and age that we're in, church, in a day and age that we're in, you may not feel like a soldier, but you are. You may not feel like a warrior, but doggone it, you're it. You may not feel that you bring much to the table, but you're here. And of, of all the choices that you could have made and all the places that you could be on Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday and Wednesday, you're here. And you know what you're going to hear and you know what you've been hearing and you're going to continue to hear it. And, and we're it. We're the ones that God is using to go out there. And our motivation is not man-centric. It's Christ-centric, led by the obedience, by the surrender, by the choice that he made there in the garden. And we see what happens next. God's grace on display. God's goodness. God's mercy. God's, God's willingness. It's there in the garden. I got Three minutes to go. It's there in the garden. We see something. And I, I want you to be able to separate this somehow. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. If you see it, you find it in the garden. On the cross, you see God showing out. In the garden, you see Jesus showing out. Think about that. Jesus was a dying man. My God, my God, why is there forsaken me? My God, my God. It is finished, and he gives up the ghost, and the Father shows out. But there in the garden, that was Jesus. That was the Christ man, the God man, making for us the choice that we are to emulate, that we're to follow, or an obedience that we are to follow. Of utter surrender, not my will but yours be done. Why are you at Chapel Hill for such a time as this? Why are you at Chapel Hill for such a time as this? Great church. I'm a decent guy. He's all right. But guys, it ain't about us. You're here for such a time as this. You went through all that you went through to get you here for such a time as this. And you're planted here. There's a lost world around us and they need one message. They don't need more stimulus and they don't need Democrats and they don't need Republicans and they don't need governments. They need Jesus. Let's pray and I want you to watch some. Father God in heaven, we love you.
Here we are. Here we sit. Here we are, your sons and your daughters, your army, your chosen vessels for such a time as this. God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? The wrongdoing of all humanity putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God, our sin and our debt, overcoming Jesus. Here is our king, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. There is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong, the blind can see, the lost are found. We had heard the stories of old, yes, this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken, behold freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. 
There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. have a good Friday. Read the word. Read the word. Invite people. Because you know what? Jesus is alive. Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Father God, go with us as we leave this place. Be glorified. Be glorified in and through us, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, not y'all.